The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Let's do this. Do it. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and streaming services for everyone. Everyone! Everyone shall have your own streaming you service. You get a streaming service and you get a streaming service. Your personally programmed channel of all the things you wish to observe. <laughs> yes. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we got a big old pile of tech news here, and I have a hopefully helpful hint for travelers. Oh, nice. Yes, because it's summer. People, it's are, the summer people season. are traveling. People are traveling. going around. They're uh, getting they're out doing of the stuff. house. But first, some news, news or a Kaiser moment. What's your oh, Kaiser yeah, you moment? Actually, I want to give a shout out to the folks at my neighborhood, GameStop. GameStop. The, you know what I'm saying? Yes, the game store. The game store. Favorite of malls everywhere. Favorite of malls everywhere. But you know what? I read this really disturbing thing. This is why I want to shout them out. Yeah. What did you hear? There was this like story. I don't even know what new website I was on. It's one of these things where I'm flipping through my morning reads. And uh, you know, this jumps out. It says, GameStop would be the hottest stock in the market if they gave up games. What? What? what would they call themselves? Just stop? Just stop. Uh, you know, just stop. And I think that name is taken by uh, some traffic yeah, signs. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. It's exactly what they did to Radio Shack. Oh, yeah. It became the Shack. Yeah. And then it went away. Listen, GameStop does exactly. You know what the fun thing about GameStop is? You go in there. It takes you like two hours to get out of that store. Not because you're shopping around, but because the, the people... The men and women who work there are so into this. They will spend time and talk to you. The guy, the, a special shout out to Eric. Eric. Hi, Eric, Eric. At the Queen store in my neighborhood. He actually listens to this podcast. <gasps> Hi, Eric. Thanks for listening. Thank you. I had no idea. He, I walked in there with a Pop Tech Jam t-shirt. I'm just wandering around. And he knew who I was. Wow. It was like. You got groupies. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but it was fun because I could explain to him exactly what I wanted to do and what the point of what I'm trying to do is, you know, there's a lot of guys my age that stopped gaming many decades ago and they don't understand and getting back into it. So this is sort of like, you know, he is my sensei now. Yeah. He's my guru. He's like dragging me in to this new gaming world, this triple A gaming environment. Yeah, well, things have changed since you've been away. They the processors, changed. the equipment. It's ridiculous how much they've changed. I mean, it's like night and day from when I really stopped. I mean, not, I mean, just totally discounting the, the the console wars and all that stuff. I'm talking from the PC world. I mean, it's just insane, and it's a hell of a lot of fun. So thank you, Eric. Thank you, GameStop. You know, we're not chilling for them. They're not giving us anything. I yeah. still pay my hard-earned money for the games. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's nice to help a neighborhood store with people that are passionate about not only what they're doing, but customer service. So, it's, thank it's you. the beauty of a real life community. It is. And thank GameStop, you. it's like bus stop, except games go there except instead of buses. Exactly. And exactly. when you go there, you stop to look at the games. And I'm helping out the neighborhood. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm helping shop out local. the retail. Yeah, yeah, shop local, damn it. Yes. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're getting back into gaming. Yes, and, I am. Uh, I am so into it. But you know what? I just bought my third version of Doom. So I kind of got, I kind of got to get out of this a yeah, little bit. Well, you know, you're, you're easing back in with a yes, nostalgia. You're exactly. seeing how the gaming technology has progressed through a yes. property that you're very familiar yes, with. Very and you familiar. can therefore sort of uh, calculate uh, how things have changed. Oh, because, I didn't mm, mention I also reactivated my Steam account. 
So, Ooh, all right. I'm so now I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you had time to come down and podcast. Yeah, I am now on the PC platform as well. Mm-hmm. I'm getting back into that game. So, I see. more to follow. I guess we should do some news. Just because we have some. There, yes, we there do. was a, a lot of things happening, not necessarily super producty again because right. middle of summer, although we do have some of that. But Twitter uh, is on another round of cleanup and housekeeping while trying to make people feel good about using the service. Oh, uh, okay. To, quote, help improve the conversation, end quote, the bird-themed microblogging service recently announced it would be locking down accounts showing suspicious behavior, spam, bots, that sort of thing. Okay. And uh, removing them from the service if the owners didn't respond to validate those accounts. So they're getting rid of a lot of the automated things that are just there to spew whatever. and garbage. Twitter said the unvalidated locked accounts would then be deleted, so members with a lot of bot followers may see those follower numbers drop dramatically. Really now? Yes. So, so this is part of the uh, getting rid of some of the uh, the bad things out there. That, uh, spill some tea, huh? Yeah. Right. Uh, turn turn people off Twitter. Uh, yeah. Maybe this will help. But I think people who pride themselves on number of followers, if right. all of a sudden half of them disappear, then that's probably bad for the personal ego because you realize it was just software that yeah. was following you and Basically. not people who were hanging on your every word. Yeah. So anyway, so, so that's that. Uh, the WhatsApp messaging service uh, also said in a recent blog post that it plans to start labeling text, image, video, and audio messages that have been forwarded from other users. Um, WhatsApp says this is to help provide context in group chat so people can tell where a message originally came from. Oh, uh, also okay. hoping to perhaps illuminate fake news or if people are forwarding something and other people are thinking, well, you actually wrote this, but you didn't. Right. It's just something going around where everyone's having their big statement posts, but it's not original. They've just copied it from elsewhere. There you go. So WhatsApp's getting on there. And YouTube is finally doing something about its contribution to uh, real fake news and that industry of conspiracy videos and other extremist content. Oh, really? uh, the Google-owned company has a $25 million funding program, which is part of a larger $300 million Google News initiative, and that's designed to boost innovation at news organizations. The first feature being rolled out is an information panel that will pop up on top of search results that are about breaking news stories uh, with links to news articles about the event from what it calls authoritative sources. Ah, okay. Which means probably not conspiracy theory blogs, but if this is about something, then they're going to link to a bona fide news source. Um, and they're using all of the, the major players here. I think they're sort of not really looking at political affiliation, but if you are up at a certain level, whether you're Fox News, whether you're CNN, mm. whether you're Washington Post or whatever. Bronx Press Review? Is that in there? I, don't, I did not see I the Bronx so. Press Review, but, oh, sorry. But, but possibly soon. Um, oh, I mean, okay. I have not seen the full list. It's a good newspaper. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so, so YouTube is doing that to uh, just sort of help let people know uh, where these things are coming from, where they're verified. Um, but that's not all from YouTube either. The company blog post also announced a new copyright match tool. Uh, that's for content creators and what it does when someone uploads a video – YouTube uh, eventually scans the site for re-uploads of that original material on other YouTube channels, so it helps people kind of keep their own content protected on their channels and not somebody ripping it off and reposting it elsewhere. Oh, that's nice because that's frustrating. Yeah. It's very frustrating. Yeah. So so, so they're uh, they're doing that there. Um, not done with YouTube quite yet, though. Okay. The streaming YouTube TV service, which brings network television channels together for one low cord-cutting price – might not be ready for prime time in Ooh. terms of the back end. Uh, okay. The service went out right in the middle of the England-Croatia match in the World Cup semifinal on Fox and apparently also had an interruption during ESPN's broadcast of the men's quarterfinal matches at Wimbledon because this is a very big sports week yes. uh, here in the summer. And so these sports fans are watching and all of a sudden 
no picture. And you know how sports, you well, you know how people feel in general yep. when the picture goes away. Yep. But for live sports where you're hanging on every play, just waiting to see what's going to happen because it is live sports, not really kind of what you want there as a feature. That's not cool, man. Yeah. So YouTube apologized to sports fans on Twitter. Uh, but I don't think that's going to get them a good reputation if people are shopping around uh-huh. for a service, especially for streaming sports. Yeah. They're going to want somebody with a huge pipe on the back end that can just handle all these video requests and not go dark in the middle of the match. And you figure something like someone like YouTube would have that pipe. Yeah, because hello. It's YouTube. How many gajillion videos are on there? Yeah, exactly. So, so, so that's what's going on with them. Now, Facebook is coming at video from another angle itself, working with news organizations to produce exclusive content for its new Facebook Watch endeavor. May have made fun of this a few, because uh-huh. you know, it sounds like timepieces, but yep. Facebook Live is not Facebook Watch. ABC News, CNN, Fox News, Mike Quartz, and Univision all have shows in the works exclusively for Facebook, and Bloomberg, BuzzFeed, and McClatchy among the others, also creating their own content uh, to be uh, streamed on the Facebook site. Uh, I guess July 16th is when a lot of this new material will begin to roll out. If you're just hanging around Facebook waiting for some cool news video to come your way. There's nothing about this that is going to get me it's not really you, you, were, you had the whole meh like you were just oh <laughs> totally meh this yeah. is completely meh yeah i guess they're looking for people who just live in facebook and they want to have them have some legitimate news uh, from there i am not that person yes you are not that person you have other places to look yes yes uh oh and facebook uh, finally had to pay the piper over in the uk for its uh, shall we call it sloppy handling of user <laughs> data in the cambridge <laughs> analytical scandal yes we this shall year. call it that we yes, shall that, that is our clean tag it name yes. for it <laughs> Um, however, though, it turns out the Piper's bill uh, was basically pocket change for Zuckerberg and company as the British Information Commissioner's Office uh, could only levy a fine up to 500,000 pounds, which is about $660,000. Oh, I um, thought it was like $4 million. Uh, well, th- this was what this particular office could could find them wow. uh, for, for like this nothing. incident. Yeah, it's, uh, I was watching the BBC when this news came over, and the business guy, this, this great Australian guy named Aaron who does uh, the morning business stuff on the GMT show, it's like, you know, Facebook, they sneeze at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. So he he um, noted that this was not really going to dent uh, the companies, because I think they make what that amount of money in like 10 minutes or whatever from ads. That's their lunch money. But this is maybe just the first of many. I don't know how many other British offices, but I think the information commissioner's office is the one that's sort of in charge of data privacy over there. And so that that's what it had within its jurisdiction. Um, 500 pounds or 500,000 yes. pounds. Yes. Now, in its initial report of its investigation, the information commissioner's office said it had found, quote, Facebook contravened the law by failing to safeguard people's information. It also found the company failed to be transparent on how people's data was harvested by others. Ooh, well, yeah. Harvested. That's such it, a it's, negative it's kind word. Kind of a matrixy yeah. battery thing. Yeah. Ooh, um, Facebook does have a chance to respond to the commissioner's notice of intent, uh, after which a final decision will be made. Mm. But some not insignificant to other people money starting yeah. to, to roll out here. Yeah. And as, as privacy laws tighten, uh, whether in California or with the EU, this could just be the first of many. There you go. Um, endless business practices are revised. Now, while Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, YouTube TV, and other American companies slug it out for the streaming dollar, old school media broadcasters in Europe are all banding together to create their own various national streaming services. In Britain, you've got the BBC, ITV, and Channel 4. 
They've all gotten together for a five-year agreement to invest $165 million uh, to transform Freeview, which is sort of this British digital terrestrial TV platform. They want to make that a hybrid uh, service for free-to-view live and on-demand TV hmm. there in the United Kingdom. Meanwhile, in France, or in France. Well, in France, but yeah. oh, hold on. Yeah. Like I always say, how united is it really? That's true. Mm-hmm. You know what The I'm Scots saying? are not happy. Yeah, they're the... not happy. No, we'll just call it the, uh, the, well, we don't want to call it the British Isles because yes. that actually makes Ireland mad. So, well, well, over there. Yeah, over there. The old country. Yes, um, the old country. <laughs> old blighty. Um, <laughs> old blighty, okay. Yes, or uh, Great Britain. Yes. They, they like the great. All right, so yeah. that's what's going on there. In France, uh, the country's three largest broadcast groups, which are French TV, M6, and TF1, they're all teaming up for an online video platform called Salto, which I did not look Salto. up what that means in French, but something. And Germany, not to be left out, has the ProSieben Sat1 and Eurosports networks oh, teaming up for video on demand. The uh, first for, one always say that sounds scary. Everything yeah. sounds scary in German. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't want to offend our German fans, but it sounds scary. I'm it, sorry. It's, it's a guttural language yes. with some very hard consonants. Yes. Um, but uh, ProSieben what? Pro Siebensat one. Oof, if I'm, I yeah. only have one year of high school German, so yeah, I, my yeah, pronunciation well, you know, might be a little off. But much better than I would have said it. So. It looks like they're going for the sporting crowd here, nice. especially with the Eurosport Network team up. Yep. So Europe is is getting its own streaming game on too. Um, speaking of live streaming television, the Philo service says it just got forty million dollars in funding from some big investors that include the ubiquitous Disney, AMC Networks, and Viacom. Philo, which was kind of below my radar. I know it's on Roku, yeah. and I think they've got uh, Amazon and Apple uh, streaming. Vaguely remember. Yeah, it's sort of, I think it's more entertainment lifestyle kind yeah, of programming. Yeah. But, <laughs> Two th- things that we don't watch, basically. Yes, yeah, but, uh, but Philo says it plans to use the money for new features, uh, more marketing, and some kind of socially driven TV experience that sounds, I guess, more high tech than sitting on the couch making fun of whatever show you're watching together. There you go. I assume it's, uh, I don't know, kind of a second messaging thing, thing. Yeah, Whoa. which we, we've done the second screen before, oh, but yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe they've, they've taken it up a notch there. They're going three screens. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, so, so, but, uh, but right now for people who do watch it, and I'm sure it's very nice. Yeah, it sure just happens so, yeah. to, we we're haven't not, wandered over there. We're not, you know, we're not crapping on them or anything. Yeah. We're yeah. Just, it's just, we, know. we don't use the service. It's, yeah, it's exactly. got about 40 channels costs, I think $16 a month. I think the company is based out of San Francisco, if I recall. But it's on Roku and, and some of the streaming boxes. And yeah, you very rarely see that, a tech company based out of San Francisco. I know. You they're, don't they're, see that Yeah, much. they're really yeah. just more about the rice of Yeah, that's right. There. Um, <laughs> it's a San Francisco treat. You know I, that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, now I want to ride a cable car. <laughs> yeah, now I want um, rice. Yes. <laughs> You're all hungry now. I Top it am. off with some Ghirardella chocolate. Yes. All right. Um, so, so that's another streaming service. Nice. Now Netflix. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we hear. Yeah, I, we're here yeah. on streaming services. They yeah. won a lot of raves uh, from its members when it allowed downloading. For those offline moments when you really need a Jessica Jones fix, but you know you're going to be on a plane for right, several right, hours right, right. and you don't want to pay for the the wimpy bad Wi-Fi very on the plane. Very convenient. Very convenient. They've had offline downloads for a while. I yep. think it's in 2016 maybe. But the company is now going even further with offline viewing with its smart downloads feature. When enabled, smart downloads automatically deletes the episode of a series you just finished and automatically snags the next one while you're on Wi-Fi. So... You don't even have to do anything. Say you've just finished watching an episode, you put the iPad or the Android tablet down, Uh 
you go to bed or whatever. The thing's on Wi-Fi. It says, oh, you're done with this one. Let's delete that one. Let me grab you the new one. So when you grab the tablet, go out the door. You've already got the new one right there. Boom. There you go. So so, so this is a rolling out. Uh, iOS is actually in the works, so it's just available for Android really? at first. Yeah. Interesting. They went Android first. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. They just maybe wanted to give the, the Droid community a little love there. Yeah. It, it'll hit iOS eventually, as things always do. Yep. But uh, but that is on the way. Interesting. Smart downloads from Smart Netflix. Smart downloads. Because, you know, I, I prefer my things dumb as a brick yeah. myself. Yeah. But this sounds convenient. Yeah. Well, it, it's not like your house either. It's just yeah, it's true. the software is going to say, hey, you really need to see this new episode of Luke Cage. So yeah, here you go. Exactly. All right. Uh, the Federal Communications Commission. Uh, I've heard of them. Yeah. They, they've they been having a time of it uh, lately. They're <sighs> in neutrality. I guess yeah. they want to charge money for people to present their cases. That's all the very really? vague idea that's been floating. Really? But, but the new thing that they're opening for comment, they want to ease regulations about the amount of children's programming that broadcasters must provide as part of their licensing requirements. As you can imagine, some parenting groups are not happy about this. I'm not a parenting group, but I'm not happy about this. Yeah, well, let's go back in time. Remember the mid-90s? Yeah. There was a lot of anger in the parental community because children's programming then was basically a lot of over-commercialized stuff. They were yeah. just trying to get the kids to buy toys. Oh, yeah. Or it was super kind of violent live action stuff that really didn't have any educational value. None whatsoever. Yeah, so the parent groups did not like this. (laughs) Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. There you go. You, you watch that there. You just oh, of course, I yeah. still watch it. But that's yeah, so um, so I think it was around 1996, they got a new uh, rule pass that said that the broadcasters had to have three hours a week, I think, of educational informational content. And that was sort of folded in. In order to get your TV station's license, you had to agree to have content that was just not shilling for cereal or right, toys, right. but was actually educational for the children. So the SEC is thinking, well, these these are outdated now because there's all these other platforms that children can find their educational content through streaming or whatever. They want to peel this back, which would free the broadcasters to do more commercial things. Um, oh, hold on, hold on. I got to work up a good one. <sighs> yes. And then you say this as a, a parent, too. Yes. So they, they're saying uh, that they want to open this up. This is a proposed rule. They want to open it for contents because they feel the rules are outmoded and we're in this new era. But me, I grew up, as you know, in the middle of nowhere, Uh didn't really – broadcast TV was all that we had and also old enough to like be around before the internet really got fully commercial. Uh So kids in poor communities who can only rely on over-the-air broadcast TV, kids who can't afford broadband, kids who maybe can have broadband but they're on a metered plan because it's so expensive because they're – even in upstate New York, like Rensselaer, people have a a hard time – getting decent service and they're on meter plans where maybe they get eight gigabytes a month or whatever. And it's really, really hard to do all of these video things online. Oh, you just watch it online. And it's like, well, I don't have the bandwidth or I can't afford it. That's right. So, so in a way, this is another, and this sort of goes again, because the FCC has also cut a lot of fundings for the Lifeline program, which was about bringing broadband into rural communities. Uh And so as a former member of a rural community, uh, I am very annoyed by this on a personal level because I you are cutting access off for people who could really use it to stay connected with the world or get basic services done. And it's 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 insulting in on so many levels as a parent because you know what? You don't want to have to rely on your kids being on the iPad all the time or on their phone. It's ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous and completely out of touch. I mean, what is this dipstick going to put another video out where he's a Jedi now? Is, is this yeah. what's going to happen? I don't know. I think he got <sighs> didn't get sued for the first one, but it, it, it's did. in the proposal phase, so so we will see. Um, oh, I just I just can't. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, but anyway, yeah, ch- children's programming is a, a very uh, sensitive topic, uh, <laughs> I think, for both of us uh-huh. on different angles. So, yes. uh, so we'll see, but it's under discussion. Now, uh, 3D printing. Now, oh, that, yes. is, that has become quite common these days. I even saw something on the news where people have 3D printed a house. Wow. Where okay. they, they got, well, they, they got the blueprints and they... They had the giant 3D printer that was putting the plastic and the whole house was not like they didn't pop the whole thing out, but they made sections of a wall mm-hmm. and then they made like two little plastic walls and they poured some concrete in. And, and But most of the house was generated by a 3D printer and it was very wow. futuristic about how we can use these things to, to make housing and, and very you know, cool. body parts and everything. It's amazing. But uh, there's also the dark side of 3D printing of or the more – Serious side. I know. Um, I know this one. Is this yeah. the gun one? Yeah, the gun one. Oh. Um, and uh, as you recall, this guy put blueprints up for making 3D guns up around 2015 or so. The Department of Justice is like, no, you cannot uh, share this information yep. with the public. Yep. They made him take it down. He sued on free speech rights and it's like, no, it's my right to share these blueprints. You know, guns are legal in this country. I can put these out. Mm-hmm. And so they went back and forth and the government eventually had to settle with this guy who was, he's, I guess he's the head of distributed defense. So they told him to take his plans offline. He sued and he got money from the government. And now the gun blueprints are expected to be back online. I think at the beginning of August. Fascinating. Yes. Absolutely fascinating. Yes. Uh, Just, I don't think there's going to be any problem here. Yeah. No problem know, whatsoever. Although th- 3D printing has actually turned out, didn't elementary do an episode where like a 3D printed gun yeah. was the thing because it wasn't yep. metal and they, yeah, so. Mm. This is this is going to be fine. Yeah, it's, it's it's just a reminder that yeah. however far out technology gets there, there's the good and and the sort of more serious uh, sides to it. Yeah, it's, it's like that meme where that dog is sitting in that hole in that room that's on, that's on fire. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's what this is. Yeah. yeah. No problem. This yeah. is fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So so we'll keep an eye on that. Now, another weaponry for sale on the internet news. <laughs> a security firm has discovered that a hacker is uh, trying to sell top secret U.S. military drone and tank documents on the dark net because you can get everything there. Of course. Uh, the items for sale included Air Force maintenance training manuals for the MQ-9A Reaper drone and the list of airmen assigned to the drone maintenance squad. That's, that's freaky. Yeah. Um, along with M1 Abrams tank operational manuals, crewman training, uh, survival manual, tank platoon tactics, and documentation on uh, improvised explosive mitigation tactics. Wow. Light reading uh, Light for reading, some people. Bathroom reading. Yeah. So according to the Silicon Angle blog, uh, the hacker had also had drone footage that he grabbed, I guess, from government drones flying overhead. And the hacker uh, had claimed to, I guess, had reached a contact with somebody who thought was a buyer, said that the, uh, he was able to get this information by exploiting an FTP vulnerability in Netgear routers, specifically the failure of a captain stationed at the Creech Air Force Base in Nevada to set a password. <laughs> oh. I mean, the, uh, this is, I, you know what? we talk about security on the show. Well, this is the air. And this, of course, is the hacker's perspective. I don't know how accurate this is, but this yeah, is what true. they found from interviewing him. Because uh, I guess that they, they realize, oh, look, our stuff is for sale and, and went after him. But ironically, hackers tend to be very proud of their exploits. So there's a chance that this is true. Yeah, they like to share yeah. uh, their their victories. But yeah, people, router passwords, we talked about this a couple yes, of weeks ago. Yes, we have. We talk about it all the time, Yeah, people. apparently nobody at Creech Air Force Base listens to our show. Oh, so, uh, but they do at GameStop. Yes, they do. Um, <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah, GameStop. Yeah, so so that was how they got the drone footage and I guess some of the drone material. Um, but all of the stuff about the Abrams tank, they think that had been stolen from the Pentagon Whoa. or a U.S. Army official in a similar fashion. People are just constantly scanning networks for 
exploits and vulnerabilities. And when they find one, either an unsecured router or a phishing mail, uh-huh. right in there. Uh-huh. All right. So hold on a second. Let me just come back from my happy place because I had to go to my happy place yeah. for a second. La 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 la, tra, la 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 la. Yeah, that's the theme we sing mm. in my happy place. The banana splits theme the banana song. Banana splits theme song. I'm sorry. Okay, no, I'm, it, it takes I ain't me back. Sorry. I'm not ashamed. Yeah, let's talk about the, a little bit of new hardware this summer. Oh, okay, thank you. Okay. Yes, you know, you know, you like the shiny new. I do. Um, right in the middle of the quiet summer, Apple has released uh, new versions of the Touch Bar MacBook Pro laptops with newer, faster processors. Okay. And these seem to be quite an upgrade. A six-core, eighth-generation i7 or i9 Intel chips for the 15-inch model and quad-core i5 or i7 processors in the 13-inch version. And, of course, uh, they dropped the price, right? Uh, no, the price is all there. Yeah. Um, the, the price what is still am I talking about? comfortably luxurious. Yes. Um, but also on the list of enhancements, uh, more configuration options, I think, including storage. I think you get a couple terabytes, uh, nice. even in the, the bottom one now. The True Tone displays got a little boost and a quieter keyboard design. I guess the keyboards were too loud. People were complaining about the loudness of the keyboard? Yeah, I did. Some people will. Do you remember the clackety clack of those old IBM oh, yeah, keyboards? It was, it was like a locomotive. Yeah. Wow. So, so that's uh, what's going on there, but there were no updates to just the regular MacBook or the MacBook Air or other models in the Mac line at this time, uh, but stay tuned for fall as analysts are watching very closely whatever Apple does. But uh, I think there are rumors that Apple's going to have a lot of new products in the fall, so the September-October range, some new iPads out with Face ID, and that was one of the rumors getting floated around. Because that's an absolute necessity, right? Yeah, for, for your tablet. And, and then the Macs, possibly a lower-priced sort of entry-level Apple laptop, maybe a, a regeneration of the uh, MacBook Air at a lower price point. Cheese grater? Uh, I didn't see any cheese grater, although uh, they are due for Macs. Uh, the Mac Mini, I think, uh, which is still around because people use it, especially in yeah, media you know situations. What? I'm actually thinking of uh, getting another one. Uh, my my uh, my Mac Mini, which is right in the middle of my AV setup, is getting long in the tooth. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll maybe wait until the fall yeah, to see if I they might. announce. I think I might. And someone said, oh, and they're going to uh, do an Apple Watch with a bigger face and new AirPods. So the Apple Watch I can see because they, they really want to have that product get more traction. Right. The AirPods, it seemed like they just came out. I know it's been the year and, and change, but uh, but potentially new AirPods. Potential new Air, AirPods in the fall? Uh, yeah. Yeah, right. they, they, yeah they Mrs. Kaiser, going to be a big hardware dump hey, this fall. M- Mrs. Kaiser, because you just texted me about an hour ago asking me if you should get them. And I, of course, said no. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you're still going to get them, wait until the fall. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be better battery life and maybe less glue. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Ah. Yeah, so, so I mean, and all of the, this forecaster product stuff is all rumors just of based course. on the analysts watching the supply chains and they're trying to see what the company's doing that makes sense. There were some other grindings from the rumor mill as well. Not terribly exciting, but uh, the Polish blog posted screenshots from a chat with a Huawei customer service rep uh, who was using Android Pistachio as the full name of the forthcoming Android P, which said, well, does this mean that it's really going to be called Pistachio? Pistachio. Which, and, you know, in terms of rumors go, this one's like, whatever. Because uh, yeah. I think they were using Pistachio as the in-house term uh, for mm. Android P. And Google even joked, as, oh, the next one's going to be, you know, Android Pistachio ice cream, sort of harkening back to the fact that they've yeah. already used it ice cream yeah, yeah, yeah. but whatever it is it's it's the code name for android 9.0 and uh, people were just trying to read the tea leaves to see if this is really going to be it um but i could think of so many other possibilities for tasty food nicknames yeah, for android right. 9 android pizza android popsicle android peach if you want to get healthy who well, um, wants to get healthy yeah that's true so 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 we'll see uh they, they usually uh, drop the new version around october so android peanut butter 
I could work all the people with nut allergies, may get a little nervous. Ooh, that's true. You know, you got to be true. careful because the airline's already taking peanuts out of the, I think Southwest stopped serving peanuts because of the allergy problem. Hey, so. Please, the airline stopped serving anything. That's true. Here are your dusty pretzels from yes. the Reagan administration. <laughs> That'll be $5, please. Yes. yes, please scan your card. Yes. And finally. And finally. If you're curious about how the tech boom in the 1990s got us to where we are today, there's a new book out called Valley of Genius, The Uncensored History of Silicon Valley as Told by the Hackers, Founders, and Freaks Who Made It Boom. Freaks with a PH? Um, no, Freaks with an F. Wow. Uh, yeah, I guess it's probably slightly after the phone freaking. Wow. But a lot of it is sort of oral history. They've talked to people. People are having their recollections. I guess things were a little intense back then oh, yeah, um, just a bit and uh, vanity fair has an excerpt uh, regarding google's early days it's online now uh, and they've got a lot of the original google players talking about the old days so if you're interested in this sort of 20-year history of, of how we got here um check out the excerpt which we'll post a link to mm-hmm. or there's this book you could read a book this read summer a book yeah so uh and that's about it for the news uh, a little long and rambly but um many things to discuss yeah and you know the couple of gut punches there for me yeah so. you had to go to happy I, island there yeah, i had to go to happy place yeah yeah you know, putting booze in your slurpee over there yes booze in the slurpee that's the way to go yeah well it's summer you know you have to of course all right so uh for anyone out there who wants to know more about the things we talked about in the news segment you can find them at poptic Which is another one of your happy places. Yes. It's summer, isn't it? It is indeed. It's hot outside. Are you traveling anywhere? Uh, Later in the summer, probably in August. Mm -hmm. Thinking about it. Now, I know you, when you travel, you have your suitcase, you you take care of your kids and all that. Do you have a gear bag that is just exclusively stocked with every piece of gear, cable, Charger, mm-hmm. adapter that you oh, yeah. need. Absolutely. You see, not everybody is as well prepared as you are. I, I double stuff up sometimes. Yeah, well, you never know when the charger's going to fail on the road. You never know. But uh, I had a, a uh, talking to somebody about um, there is this time-honored traveler's trick that if you are traveling and you somehow manage to forget your little cube part of the charger, but you have the USB cable that came yeah. with your phone. Yeah. If you need to charge, you don't have any place else to plug in, and the hotel concierge does not have a charger that somebody else left behind, you can go up to the hotel room, and if you've got one of the newer flat panel TVs, which pretty much most hotels do now, most of them have USB ports in the back, either for service or for multimedia slideshows, depends on the model, but you can actually Uh, plug in your cable to the TV and charge your phone from the TV's USB port. Usually the TV has to be on most models. And it may not be super fast, but because USB, that cable carries power as well as data, Yes, you can get a little juice trickle going on your phone there. And this is sort of a thing that has saved people's bacon. A life hack. It's a little bit of a life hack. I've, I've used it a couple of times. I'm so paranoid about, oh, I'm going to blow the TV here because you never know what equipment you're plugging into. And there also are some security concerns. The juice jacking thing, which mm. I think is really minimal, but some of the security agencies say, well, don't just plug your phone into any random USB port because of the aforementioned power and data. People could put something on your phone. They could take something off your phone. Yep. If you plug into the infotainment system on a rental car, it could also transfer data to the car itself and you don't realize it because you just wanted to plug in to hear your tunes. And you don't mm-hmm. realize you left your contact list on this rental car. There are certain things that make security people really wiggy about 
plugging into random USB ports. But it can be if you're desperate for charge, this is an option. But as a traveler, and I'm sure in the Kaiser mode, mm. when I travel, I don't like to have to remember to bring a charger. So I just bought an extra one. Either you get a travel yep. charger or one that works in the wall or the car, and you just stick it in your travel bag. Yep. You never take it out. You just always have this thing in here. It's not that expensive, and you will never have to worry about being able to plug in. Keep one in the car. Yeah. If you're going overseas, maybe you want to have the little prong adapters if you're using foreign power there. Exactly. If you're traveling domestically especially, just have a nice little travel charger. Maybe even one for the wall, one for the rental car. We can just plug into the 12V and not have to worry about going into the phone's port. Exactly. Especially if it doesn't have just a, a, a USB charging thing on the console. Yep. But a little travel hack, if, if you do, just take your power with I love you. It. Just keep I love it in it. hand. And, but never, if you do get desperate, there is a TV thing and I it does work. Never thought of that. Honest to God. Never thought of hacking it or jacking into the TV. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's very smart. Yeah. So, when you're desperate, desperate measures, right? You know, that battery is you're down to 1% and Ooh, you get yeah. a little worried. So, oh, um, so I'll have a link to some resources on this topic on our show page. But that has been a hopefully helpful hint. And now it's time for us to hopefully get out of here. Yeah. That was a great triple H. I liked it. Well, thank you. Was, I think that was top five. Well, you know, I would say that's top five. Well, it, it's a traveling time. I yeah, hear. I hear you. Very helpful. Very yes. helpful. Uh, we got to thank the bros. Yes. Thank you, bros. Thank you bros built by bros.com build something with the bros if you think it they will build it yes indeed yes and we must thank our listeners we must yes eric holly all of you who uh, reach out to us <laughs> yes indeed thank Tiffany, you. you're probably out there too thank yes, you so much for listening thank you hey our man spiros yes yeah, spiros yes. love you man love you all right so until next time when we are back with more everyone have a safe and happy summer and keep your devices charged yes indeed i